going on guys? Welcome back to Network Chuck. Now, my brother, he did it. He got his CCNA, he passed his ICND2. Now, you may remember the last video we made where he passed his CSENT, the ICND1, and we kind of went through a few tips and, and tricks about what he went through and what he studied. Well, we're doing the same thing in this video. In this interview, we're talking about all the resources he used for ICND2. And we also talk about the test itself, like how hard was it? How, how was it compared to ICND1? And not only that, we talk about what he's doing next and how the CCNA is going to help him find a job. Now, in the interview, we actually talk about, oh, you, you don't have a job yet, we'll, we'll document the process, but I do have to tell you this. He already found a job, and he hasn't had a CCNA very long. I think it, he got it in late June, early July, so it's been like a month, and he already has a job. It's a good job, too. Um, uh, it's making over 60K, so it's pretty good. So also in this interview, we talked about what he was going to do to uh, market himself, to announce to the world that he got his CCNA, how he was going to organize his resume to get that job, which uh, obviously it worked. Anyways, enough of me talking, let's jump right into the interview. I've got my little brother here. How you doing? Cameron, you might remember him from my CSENT video, the ICND1, when he actually passed his ICND1. We kind of talked about that, but the time came. We're here. What did you just do? I passed my ICND2. ICND2, so that means you are a now what? CCNA certified in routing and switching. He's a CCNA. So tell us about the test. I mean, they want to know what was the hardest thing you hit? For me, it was probably infrastructure services and maintenance. What does that mean? Uh, that has to do with like uh, SNMP and oh, I guess a little bit of WAN too, because they hit PPPoE. Uh, that was something I didn't really practice very hard because I couldn't really practice it in Packet Tracer. You know, it's funny because they actually got PPoE on my uh, CCMP routing, which I didn't do very hard either because I'm like, who uses that? Right, so that was pretty difficult because I didn't have a lot of practicing with it and they asked them really really, really specific questions. But some of the things that really tripped me up that nobody really, even in my like practice test and the books, they didn't really hit very hard, was the APIC EM. And I had, a huh. good, I had a good two or three questions about the APIC EM. And I won't go into detail because of the NDA, but I would study the APIC EM. Looks like they're trying to get us ready for the whole programmability stuff, huh? Throwing all of that on the test. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely say so. They do hit a lot. Um, they do talk about virtualization. They hit that because they want you to know about that for any type of SDN or any type of infrastructure as a service in the cloud. I do want you to know a lot of that. Luckily, the big parts that they hit, which is what I think helped me pass the test, were my simulations. Uh, they were both routing labs. Uh, whenever I did my first one, it was EIGRP, and I was like, this is a piece of cake. I've done this a million times. So that one I thought was pretty good, but that also made me think my next one has to be spanning tree, because that was the next big thing for layer two. I thought they were going to contrast it. But luckily, again, it was routing and it was OSPF. So mm. I, I thought I did pretty bad on a lot of the questions. They were very specific. You had to pay attention to the wording very carefully. I thought it was a lot harder than the ICND one. Uh, but I think the simulations were what got me by. Yeah, and that's that's one thing you always have to remember is that uh, you shouldn't just study to like memorize facts. You have to actually really understand the concepts because you might read it one way in the book, but then they throw a question at you that's completely different and weird. You have to really know the concept. So you just took your ICND2, you passed it. What would you say is the best resource, the one that you could not do without preparing for this exam? 
I would say packet tracer and labbing. And one of my biggest recommendations is not just finding someone who created a lab and following along as they did it. Create your own labs and try to set it up all by yourself and try not to look at all the commands and books and everything, just try to set it up from using show commands, using the question marks, because that'll get you your real troubleshooting and your real knowledge. Because if you try to sit there and just memorize what someone else taught you, and you get into a situation where you have to figure it out yourself, you're going to be stuck. So I always forget with the labs, uh, what commands can you not use? I actually wasn't really hindered with whatever commands I could use. I was able to use the question mark and it would show really? me a list of my commands. I didn't run into that on the ICND-1 either. Uh, I guess all the commands that I needed to use, I was able to use. Oh, wow. And I don't know if they changed it, but you can't like use a short term of the commands. Like, Can you do like... Yeah. Show IP INT or yeah, I was able to do show show IP interface or I INT brief. Oh wow! So they didn't really hinder that at all. So you built your own labs. Um, what would you say as a study resource was your best resource? So whenever I first started my CND two, I started it with I and E. Uh, but I can say as I went through I and E, it was pretty good, but I felt like it was pretty dry as it got into the more advanced topics, and I needed something to really keep me awake. Uh, so luckily... <laughs> no offense, Keith Bogart. <laughs> I loved you for the ICND-1, but the ICND-2, I needed a little bit more pep in the step. So that, that's whenever I went to uh, CBT Nuggets, and that's when I started watching Jeremy Chara. Who is on crack all the time. He is. Not really, he's not on crack a lot. <laughs> he's just really excited. It's very hyper. <laughs> but uh, I did see that... He was very good at explaining the hard topics and also keeping you awake at the same time. He was really good at that. And the way he can get you through labs, he, after every single uh, topic, he'll run you through a lab with it as well. I pay attention to it, but I don't make that my own lab. I would go and create my own, and that, I feel like that really helped. Uh, but just the way that he teaches, his teaching style is very good for really complex topics because he'll, he'll keep you interested the entire time. So a question I got um, from somebody on Twitter was, after you get your ICND-1, what did that do for you? Because it's how long has it been between your ICD one and ICD two? I would say about eight or nine months. Eight or nine months, and that's not a lengthy amount of time. That's a good amount of time because you got, you have a full time job, right? Uh, which that's kind of my next question. So, what did the CSENT do for you in your career? Did it change anything for you? Uh, I feel like the only thing it really did was show that I had drive to do something bigger, uh, because before I had my uh, CSENT, I was working at a computer repair shop. And then after I got it, I was actually able to land a position as a help desk guy at a mortgage company. But I feel like that showed that I was I was going forward and I wasn't just some 20-year-old or 19-year-old kid that was just trying to get a job. It showed that I actually wanted to go into the IT field. So right now you're on the help desk. You have your CCNA. Mm -hmm. What's your next step? What are you going to do with that CCNA? And what, what do you... So we'll answer the first question first. What are you doing with the CCNA? What are you going to try and uh, how are you going to land that next job? That's hard because a lot of the jobs that I'm looking for all want three to five years experience. Nobody, nobody wants someone who just got their CCNA. It's hard to, hard to look for that. And that's a tough situation. A lot of people have that problem. So, so this is interesting and Cameron still has not yet found that next job. He just got a CCNA what, uh, Saturday. It's been like three or four days. Oh yeah, so it's, it's still pretty fresh. So I'm going to try and work with him to f figure out how we can get that job. And we'll kind of document the process and uh, we'll feed that back to you guys. Because I know that's the biggest problem is how do you once, you, once you get that certification, how do you get a job? Yeah, they want experience. 
And then how do you get experience without having a job? Before you took your IC and D2, mm -hmm. the, the few days leading up to it, what is something that you would want to know from someone who just took the test? So let's say, because I know people are going to be watching this and they're, they're about to take their IC and D2. They just scheduled it or they're thinking about scheduling it. What would you tell them about the test? Try to dig into the real details of uh, like EIGRP, OSPF, and spanning tree. Those are the three really big things on the test that they really want to see. Uh, figure out the really specific show commands because they're going to ask you just really specific things and you have to know how to find that from a show command. So try to, try to lab it up again. Try to go through it at least one more time to see if there's anything you can possibly miss. Make sure you know the differences between RSTP and STP. I can say that I really didn't feel like I passed that test. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was super hard. I feel like the simulations were got me what passed, but I, I don't feel like, feel like in the question parts, I feel like I did okay. But I feel like as an overall, I thought I was going to fail that test. So mm -hmm. it's hard for me to tell someone how to prepare for it. So that's interesting. I mean, the CCNA, many people will say, oh, it's just a baby test. You know, it's nothing. It won't give you anything. But it's it's a difficult test now. It's very difficult. Um, would you say it's harder than ICND-1? Yes, I, I would say it was harder. I felt like whenever I went to my ICND-1, I felt more nervous. But I felt like I did very well. Whenever I went to my ICND-2, I felt pretty prepared but I felt like it was way harder. I felt like all the studying I did was good enough to pass it, but I still feel like I could have done more to kind of even out some things. Uh, I feel like I could have done better on PPPoE and multi-link PPP and just kind of some of the smaller things. You, you can't actually go and do SNMP, SNMPv3 unless you have a bunch of in-home devices that support it because you can't do that through Packet Tracer. So it was kind of hard for me to remember those commands if I can't actually practice it. Mm. You can't do SNMP v3 in GNS3? I mean, not GNS3, but in Packet Tracer? You cannot. The best, the best you can do is... Can you do it in GNS3, though? I never actually tried to do it I in I think GNS3. you might be able to. I think there was a David Bombo lab about GNS3 being able to do SNMP version 3. Well, I should have looked at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you try out any of the David Bombo stuff? I did. I ran through... Um, I ran through some of his CCNA courses, I ran through some of his packet tracer courses. Uh, I liked them, but like I said before, I really like to make my own labs, so I don't like to follow through. I did really like this one lab, and Keith Bogart, this is going to make up for me trashing you a little bit ago. <laughs> I did really like your packet tracer labs. Those were very helpful, and I ran through that entire thing and that really helped. Because that hit, it got me a lot of the... Um, was configuring the spanning tree priorities and the bridge costs and actually going through and manipulating the bridge election, that really helped. I, I would definitely recommend Keith Bogart's Packet Tracer Labs. Okay, so real quick for everyone at home, uh, go through your list of all the resources in total that you used for ICND2. I used uh, Keith Bogart's INE course. I used Jeremy Chara uh, through from CBT Nuggets. I would watch a little bit of YouTube videos, just random stuff, just to fill in some little bit of gaps. Like Network Chuck and stuff. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and then I would also go through, uh, I used some of uh, GNS3, David David Bomble, uh, and of course the big ones, uh, Cisco Pressbooks, because that has more knowledge than you need and more, because that's always going to have way more than you'll possibly need, but it's always there when you need it. Yeah. Um, did you use any other books or just Cisco Press? Just Cisco Press. Okay. I wish there was an exam cram 
like I used for the ICND-1, but there is currently no exam cram for the ICND-2. There isn't just like a CCNA exam cram? It's there just is a, not. Really? Interesting. Huh. There, there is just the ICND-1 exam cram. I know there's that book, uh, 31 Days Before Your CCNA. I did see that, but I saw that about five days before my CCNA, and I don't think I'd get it done in time. <laughs> <laughs> just 31 days, five days, shoot. <laughs> I think I told you about that. You probably did. <laughs> um, so, leading up to the test, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. How did you cope with the stress, or did you? I can say that a lot of the times I did not cope with the stress, but I would say that I'm a very overly stressed person. Uh, but I'd say a lot of things that helped me is I would say about one or two days before the test, that's when I just kind of ramped down. Because if I sit there and try to take too many practice tests, because leading to that, I was taking maybe four or five practice tests a day. And I'd miss one question, and I'd freak out. And I and, and, I, and I think I've been there. And I've I think I don't know what enough. I don't know anything. I think I don't know. I got to do another five more times. So then I was like, okay, I got to calm down. It's time to start doing two, one, none. And then it was just listening to Jeremy Chara in my car. It was just doing very small stuff. And then the night and the morning before the test, I did absolutely nothing. I watched. So he has his own movies, and those are what. For whenever you're the night before your oh, test. Oh yeah, I always watch The Hobbit before a test. For me, it's inappropriate, but it's The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I watch the night before my tests. Um, and weirdly enough, I try to play Skyrim. Skyrim, <laughs> Skyrim is weirdly relaxing, and that really helps. And then I just, I just don't do anything. And you have a lucky uh, hoodie. Oh, I do have a lucky red hoodie. Uh, I have a lucky red hoodie. I wore it in the ICND-1 video. You can look at that. <laughs> and if you're in our CCNI study group, you can see it in both of my posts from when I passed. That's in the picture. You can see my lucky red hoodie. I passed it with my both my A-plus tests and now my CCNA. So I'd say I'm keeping that for a while. So um, the key to passing your CCNA is definitely superstition. <laughs> Find your ritual and stick with it. It's not that it actually you know works, but I think it gets you in the mindset, the mind frame to actually take your test. Got my hoodie on. I watched my movie, I chilled out, I'm ready for my exam. It keeps you from psyching yourself out. Because yeah. Because that, that can be a big thing. And you mentioned the CCNA study group. We have one, I'll put a link below. Uh, but Cameron's active in it, he's always asking questions. I saw you asking like, how's ICND2, was this covered uh, before your exam? So everyone's in there talking, chatting. Uh, it's a super helpful resource. And then I think we're a little bit over 7,000 members now. Yeah, so it's not small. And, I, and then check in all the Facebook stuff, I think around 6,000 are active. They're always looking in there, posting comments, so feel free to post anything in there. Yeah, so we got guys who are going for it, and then we have guys who have already done it, CCIE, CCMPs. So they are there to answer your questions. And I sometimes pop in, but not, not all the not time. Very That's often. why I got him. That's why I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that you have your CCNA, you know how I feel about this, what are you doing next? Because you always gotta be doing the next thing, always learning. Now, uh, my main certification I want to go for next is going to be the CCNA collaboration. Because I can't with how many phones he's already given me since he's going to Paris. <laughs> he had to get rid of some things. Uh, but that I, I will dabble in a little bit with Python and some of the new Cisco DevNet stuff. You can see his shirt. He's already, he's already got it going. API is the new CLI. Uh, so I will be diving into some of that, but I definitely will be in the, the collaboration world. We do also have a CCNA collaboration group as well, uh, so feel free to come in that one. Yeah. Uh, 
And that's the, like he mentioned, like learning Python, like whatever track you go down, whether security, collaboration, uh, wireless, uh, this programmability stuff is happening across every realm. If you call it realm, I would say realm. <laughs> and even on the Cisco DevNet site, they already have some modules that you can watch for free over collaboration. So it's already being woven in together. Yeah. So I know from some pretty good sources that everything is kind of going to be able to be programmed from an API or from kind of a, some kind of like SDN controller. So it's happening. It's slowly creeping in. You still need to know the collaboration stuff. You still have to know routing and switching. You still have to know security to be able to know what you're doing. But programming is coming in. Get ready for it. Yeah. So uh, like I said before, Cameron got a CCNA. He's on the help desk. He's a prime candidate for how do I move up in my career? Because this is where I was too. Uh, let's see what happens. We'll see how he does it. We'll follow that journey. And uh, hopefully it happens soon, right? Hopefully. <laughs> but uh, always getting more certs is always good. Uh, you want to you wanna make yourself more rare. Because, uh, yeah, a lot of people do have the CCNA. It's a very popular cert. It's one of the most popular networking certs you can get. Uh, you want to make yourself as rare as possible. So go for collaboration. That's a rare uh, thing. Like Not many guys go down the collaboration path. So I know from experience that just having that skill set will set you apart. Um, also, learning the new skills will set you apart. Um, a lot of guys in the network industry do not want to learn the new stuff. Programming, uh, cloud, uh, the new stuff with security. So just setting yourself apart and learning those new skills will uh, make you look more attractive to uh, would-be hiring firms. Uh, I want to Cameron to touch on this because a big part of uh, being in IT and getting that next job and getting that role is knowing how to market yourself. So what are you doing with that now that you have your CCNA? Well, as soon as I had it, I had to post that I got it everywhere. That way everyone out there knows it. Tag as much stuff as you can. Hashtag, so we're, talk we're talking Facebook, Twitter, and all that. Everything. Hashtag Cisco, hashtag CCNA, hashtag certified. I don't care what you put on there. But that <laughs> someone's going to see that hashtag and they're going to see something on there. And it's not that you're being braggy, you're just trying to get the word out, like, hey, I want a job. Right, right. So definitely put it on LinkedIn. As soon as you get it, whether you have your license key or not, or key your license number from your cert, put it on there, you can add that later. Uh, from the cert metrics, or not cert metrics, it's different, it's uh, the certification tracker. You can, uh, you can verify it, so you can put it wherever you want, you don't have to worry about anyone asking if you really have it or not. Yeah, I don't know very many employers who actually will verify it. So that's like not even a worry. Now don't go spoofing it and put it on there if you don't have it yet. So as far as your resume goes, how, where do you put your certification out in your resume? Because you're proud of your CCNA. Like that's so far your best accomplishment at this point, right? right? So where do you put it at? Right at the top. Huh. You put your name and you put your certs right there at the top. Even put the ones that you're working on. Let them know that you're still active and not being stagnant. Let them know that you want to learn more. That's a great thing. So it's great for two reasons. It does that. It lets them know you're still working on it. But also, like if you put working on my CCNA collaboration or working on my CCMP, guess what happens when you add that to your resume? You are suddenly in a search. You're suddenly queried when they're doing a search. So if, hey, uh, someone in HR, go find a CCMP certified guy. And they type in CCMP, your resume comes up. And if the other candidates are sucky, well, hey, this guy's learning. He just got a CCNA and he's, he's going for it. So that, that's really two good reasons to do that. And also putting at the top of your, your resume, let's be honest, I mean, that's what they're looking for. They want to know that you're learning. They want to know that you're current. And that's the first thing they want to see. So I, I've seen some people, they put their education at the top. And I graduated high school. Congrats. But you have your CCNA at the bottom. That's your best thing. Put it up top. What do they, what do they say? Put the best uh, beats. Put, these are the show beats. Yeah, show beats. <laughs> Farm. Yeah, put, put the best things up front. That's what you want people to see.
brother. I'm proud of you. I know you worked hard. Thank you. And you're here and you're you're still studying. I think it's hey. gonna happen for you. And guys, that's about it. If you have any more questions for Cameron, you know where to find him. Uh, I'll put his stuff below. Um, give him a shout out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You have Instagram, right? Yeah. And LinkedIn. And um, get into this ECNA study group. Ask questions, he's there. And of course, you can ask me any questions if you want. Uh, but he knows more about it than I do. I haven't taken the CCA in a long time. It's changed a lot, so um, he's the best resource. And uh, that's about it. We will catch you guys next time.